It's time to catch up, Chrissy. Good evening. <laughs> we watched Sleepless in Seattle this afternoon, and we started the movie with four audience uh, participants. We started with our, ourselves and our two children. And then they tried, they tapped out. Charlie <laughs> tapped out at like about the 11 minute mark. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth made it about 45 minutes in. Which was shocking. An hour. I had... At one point she whispered to me like, are they going to end up together? And then I said, I'm not telling you. And then she was kind of like, well, I'm not waiting to find out. <laughs> So oh, she left. Oh, she's my child then. She's my <laughs> child. Um, I I was surprised by her leaving too because A, it's a love story. And B, I had offered to snuggle with her. And yeah. she was like, no, I'm good. This is the first of any of these films that we've attempted attempted with the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's not true because we watched Top Gun Maverick uh, oh, that's for true. ballot boxing. But together. that's from season one, man. Yeah, uh, way <laughs> back when. Yeah. You're much for, younger then. Yeah, for, <laughs> for those of you listening only to season two, was season one available on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you find your podcasts. <laughs> So we watched Sleepers in Seattle, which I enjoyed. So three for three. Three for three. I'm not going to say I enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed. Um, I might just be feeling cynical right now, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed. Um, the the, the, well, or or uh, Lethal Weapon. Okay. I've enjoyed both of those more than this movie. Really? Yeah. I find that a little surprising because this is, I don't mean any offense by saying this, but mm -hmm. as Tom Hanks says in the movie, this is a chicks flick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a movie pretty squarely intended, I think, for a more sentimental audience, mm -hmm. less interested in action and punching and explosions. And I would have actually thought you fit more into that category. I don't know. I think I think maybe right now in my life, I'm more into action and punching and explosions <laughs> than I am people falling in love, I guess. I don't know. I enjoyed it. it That's was... actually an interesting question, too, because like the whether or not tom hanks is in love is not clear mm -hmm. meg ryan's character mm -hmm. appears to be in love mm -hmm. um which we're going to discuss yeah mm -hmm. i have some thoughts on that yeah but I don't, I don't know that he's he's there although there's a lot of like there's clearly the seeds are planted throughout the movie that some of the things that she does when when uh when she arrives and they finally meet mm -hmm. spoiler alert for mm -hmm. those who haven't seen this now 30 year old movie mm -hmm. um he when they t she takes his hand and he looks down at her hand mm -hmm. that's a reference to what he said he knew about immediately his about his his past wife yes. yes yeah was that when they touched each other that was he knew immediately so yeah. it's like has the lightning struck twice mm -hmm. for this lucky fellow mm -hmm. or not um and whether or not he's in love at the at the end or whether or not he's just open to the possibility of this not being a total disaster mm-hmm um, remains to be seen. Would you like me to do the summary? Please do. Okay. Summarize. So, so my summaries have sucked. So this time I did a little a little written piece. You done wrote synopsis. it. Synopsis. Okay. Yep. So beginning with the funeral of his wife and son's mother, Sam, played by Tom Hanks, decides a change of scenery is what they need to get over his death. Interjection, super mentally unhealthy for the kid, but this was 1990. Yeah, let's take you away from your family and away from your school and away support from group. Everything and you know, in addition to your mother dying. Pulling you out of soccer. That's it's that's the smartest move. This is 95? 93. 93, okay. They didn't know about mental health back then. 18 months later, his son calls into a radio talk show to discuss how his dad needs a new wife. I have some thoughts on that. A classic case of careful what you wish for. Letters start arriving for Sam from women across the country, and Sam starts to date a local woman who Jonah is no fan of. And again, well, I have a question also about the letters. Like he gets thousands of letters. Well, how many hundreds? Perhaps. How? How? Well, it said two thousand. Oh, how? 
popular is this radio show supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be like Dr. Laura. Remember Dr. Laura? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was not like Howard Stern, though. No, but Dr. No. Laura Schlesinger was like A, everywhere, and B, everybody everybody knew who she was if they didn't listen. It's just like, so that's a large percentage of the audience mm -hmm. that takes it upon themselves to uh, offer their services, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. To, uh, but you know, I think that probably speaks to the fact that uh, the, the women that would be listening to that kind of show about like problems and questions and would be more skewing towards the I'm single, let's work on myself right. girls. But in the comedy element of the movie, because mm -hmm. it does, it is something of a romantic comedy and we'll explore the comedy of it a little bit. Um, all the other topics when they're playing the highlight show are all absurd. Mm -hmm. Like they're ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it's a trash show mm -hmm. that just, they just happened to catch lightning in a bottle with Tom Hanks who was so heartfelt and well and who wouldn't and have called in if his nine-year-old hadn't have yeah. been the one to call right yeah. tom hanks never called but his nine-year-old did saying that he needed a new wife concurrently okay we are following annie played by meg ryan a delightful meg ryan uh on her journey of being engaged to walter a seemingly great but maybe very boring man who is probably wrong for her uh while well, we we are there when she happens to listen to a the very radio show that sam's situation is explained on and follow her as she debates seeking a relationship with sam and leaving walter mental health issues here too perhaps when, and walter lovely aside from being apparently allergic to everything yeah nice guy nice he's I, also is, is, clearly very wealthy yeah i have a question I, I just pop in with a question here it just occurred to me mm -hmm. is bill pullman better looking than tom hanks yes that's in my notes okay why would you go for tom hanks over bill pullman he's not a good looking man like he's the every man and he looks like america's dad and whatever but he's no bill pullman even bill pullman with allergies and a sleep apnea machine and whatever else he had going on just a humidifier he's also like seemingly he buys very her, kind he buys her a tiffany ring well and that's that's a big big plus for you huge plus love language <laughs> receiving gifts that's right uh although as i we've talked about this as we talked about this at school a couple of times i honestly think that as i get older it's more words of affirmation then it used or to be funny memes. It, well, the, that is, new, that, is that is the sixth love language is sending you memes. If you get a meme from me, it means I love you on some level. Um, no, but like the, you definitely used to be number one gifts, number two words of affirmation. But I think as I've gotten older, those two have switched and whether they have switched due to maturity or due to the fact I do not receive enough gifts from people in my life, I shall leave it up to you kind listeners to debate. If you want to send me gifts, just email me for my address. Uh, so stars align, signs are seen, classic love songs are played and stalker tendencies are revealed as Annie flies across the country to meet Sam only to misread a situation and then fly back home. Eventually, as suggested in her letter to Sam, and despite lots of signs to the contrary, they finally meet on top of the Empire State Building and we assume live happily ever after. And the end of my assumption, my, my summary here is you're right, Annie, Walter doesn't deserve you. <laughs> wow. It, well, he, she doesn't. It's ridiculous. That's... I hope he finds someone lovely. Well, I'm certain he does. Yeah. I'm certain he does. I think mm -hmm. that the movie probably would have benefited from some scene after Annie's left yes, him yes. at that beautiful restaurant where he's taken back the ring mm -hmm. and he's sitting there sort of just like gently musing mm -hmm. on his situation, maybe a tear in his eye. Mm -hmm. And 
the even, a waitress comes up and says, or like sits down with him, and, yes, and it's the beginning of something, upset. or like a, a post, not post credits, but during the credit scenes, which they they did do, I think, in those years, not so much then. Well, yeah. you know what, Nora Ephron, get creative. So put some put some like like his wedding announcement to somebody else, right? That would have been great. Yeah, uh, and and uh, maybe they it? attend as guests. Exactly, you know? exactly. It, that would have been a decent sequel idea. You mm. could have done. A we spin-off. have a sequel idea. Yes. Which we'll talk about, I think. Okay. Wait, maybe. I don't know if we want to put it out there to the universe or not. Maybe we want to write the script ourselves. Okay. So, uh, as I said, what, 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 where do you want to go with this next? Well, I just, I just wanted to. I mean, you enjoyed it. What did you enjoy about it? It's lovely. It's like a lovely fairy tale of a movie. There's this. This does not happen in our reality. It's cute that they pretend it happens in the United States of America in 1993, but it's a lovely fairy tale to, to believe in. It's, it's like. Meg Ryan is adorable. I can, she's the, to me, she's the only real person in the entire thing. I love that Rosie O'Donnell is in it, uh, but she came across as kind of just like a tool to get Meg Ryan, like humor, if there for a comedy element and also to get Meg Ryan to the next stage in this. Is Meg Ryan, not a little bit too much of like the, I think the phrase that they use is like a manic pixie where she's, she's so cute and so effervescent and so but she has real, she's not real. No. I Did you strike that. she struck you as like a real person? Yes. Much more than anybody else in this movie. Believe with the her's exception a newspaper maybe of Jonah. Uh yes, and that's something else. It's another reason she should stay with with Walter. I know she's clearly not seeing the writing on the wall about the internet being the end of the newspaper era. She's gonna lose her job. And then what's she gonna do? Yeah. Live in a houseboat? Okay, let's take a quick break and I'll come back with more thoughts on my sleepless in Seattle. Slapless, sleepless slapless in Seattle. Slapless <laughs> I hope they're slapless. Okay, more thoughts. Um, I'm going to go with positives. Okay, okay, things you like positives. This is the, yeah. So, so I thought Meg Ryan was lovely and effervescent. Really liked Walter. Really liked Bill Pullman. Thought he was great. Like, like Tom Hanks. All the actors in this. I was happy to see Rosie O'Donnell in it. I was happy to see Victor Garber. I was happy to see Risa Will- Rita Wilson. These were all, like, you know, people that belonged Pleasant to this Pleasant surprises. Yes. Pleasant, yeah. Yeah, and there were parts, parts, too, that I thought were really great that, parts like when uh tom hanks and victor garber are making fun of rita wilson for crying about unfair to remember um that was i read in the trivia totally off the cuff and you could tell it was off the cuff and you could tell they were both just like nice men kibitzing with each other and i was like this is just this is just a lovely scene yeah um i thought it was great that it's directed by a woman i thought that movie needed to be directed by a woman i know that it's a chick's chicks movie yeah. but i thought that that really helped the tone of the overall thing and um and i'm glad i saw it i know that it's a classic and i'm glad that i saw it those are my positives okay what what are your positives? I, well i have i have lots of positives um i i thought the specifically i'll talk about the the cameo the rita wilson mm-hmm. role she essentially has two scenes one is very brief mm-hmm. at the airport at the beginning of the film when tom hanks is escaping to seattle and the second more important scene is the scene you just mentioned where she is relating how much she loves the movie Affair to Re- An Affair to Remember. And she simultaneously is hilarious mm-hmm. in her sort of scatterbrained description of what the plot is mm-hmm. and how like absurd the whole thing is. And then how worked up she gets in telling the story. She starts to cry. Mm-hmm. And then she's, as she cries, she gets, it's touching. And I was moved. Like I started to tear up mm-hmm. at, at how emotional she was getting. But it was also increasingly funny. Mm-hmm. And then it spills into Hanks and, and Victor Garber talking about how beautiful the end of the Dirty Dozen is mm-hmm. um, with Jim Brown and the grenade and mm-hmm. so on. 
Um, so I thought that was really, really, really good. And I agree that the cast was good. You didn't mention a couple of other cameos that I'll mention is Rob Reiner mm-hmm. um, has basically two scenes mm-hmm. as well. David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, pre, I wanted to ask about that. Pre-Frasier or during Frasier? Pre-Frasier or like just as Frasier was starting. Because Cheers ended, I think, in 92 or what 93. What casting? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he's I, being... What's his face? From Frasier. He's, he's Niles. He's Niles in that except scene. That, yeah. Except that, yeah. Except that's not his name. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yes. He, I mean, he's a very distinct looking guy. Like, mm-hmm. he can't ever not look like David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. You couldn't dress him up and make him look like a biker. Mm-mm. He has to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. Um... I like the soundtrack as well. Mm-hmm. Um, terrific. I wrote terrific and old-fashioned, evocative of old romance films, mm-hmm. which this movie is clearly trying to emulate, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even hiding the fact that it's no. a take on an affair to remember. Um, uh, but I thought it was interesting that the mu- the music is not diegetic. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Matt. Define diegetic for our audience. So diegetic for everybody that doesn't wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. I want to know. Friend of the pod, Joe, if you know what diegetic means, don't lie to me. Message me and tell me if you knew what that meant before Matt explained it. So diegetic is where the music that's happening in the movie can be heard by the characters. Mm-hmm. So that they can they almost react to the music or it's it's part of the scene they're in. It's on the car radio. It's in the club. It's when they can turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love that when that yeah. happens. When it when the, the music ends because a door closes or yes. because somebody yeah, turns off a radio. This was music that was all overlaid. So it's intended to set a mood, give a feeling. So we have some very deliberately old-fashioned romantic love songs, which again, indicate the themes of the movie, right? This mm-hmm. is an old-fashioned love. And it's almost reassuring to the viewer that like things are going to work out nicely mm-hmm. here, right? Um, that Meg Ryan is not actually a bloodthirsty maniac mm-hmm. stalking him across the country, or that something bad's going to happen to Jonah when he leaves, mm-hmm. or that the babysitter's sinister, or anything like that. Like This is, oh, this is going to be wholesome. For those of you who haven't seen it, look up the horror recut trailer of the movie Frozen, like the cartoon Frozen. It's hilarious. And I feel like you could do that with this movie. Mm -hmm. You could totally recut the trailer and make it look like a horror suspense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think that it's possible, if you think about it, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are on screen together for... Less than two minutes. Less than two minutes. Hardly at all, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Would the movie have worked without tom hanks in it um without that without the tom hanks the sam and jonah story at all like mm-hmm. maybe the story exists mm-hmm. she's heard his voice on the radio but we're only seeing the meg ryan half of but it? we only see the meg ryan half mm-hmm. of it where she's just like i think that makes her seem crazier yeah we need the tom hanks of it all yeah to like there could have been some more it but like it's clear that she's got the gift for comedy mm-hmm. right and she's she's so light um and emotive and energetic um and cute mm-hmm. and she's all these things that made her like one of the most popular actresses in film at that point in mm-hmm. time she was as big as it got and that was the, sort of the peak of her career mm-hmm. that you could have added a couple of farcical things to it um given her a th- a, another female friend or a gay male friend or now be a, something yeah. right if you were and and make it entirely about this like this normal woman in an engagement where she's clearly unhappy and she becomes unhinged because there's this this romance that she's trying to track down mm-hmm. and she becomes like increasingly desperate. Mm-hmm. And then you could still have Tom Hanks pop in in the last two minutes and be the guy that she heard mm-hmm. on the radio, but she didn't need to, well, you didn't need the Tom Hanks element of it as well. Similarly, would the Tom Hanks and Jonah story have worked better just as a, a straight up drama mm-hmm. about a father and son 
moving across the country to try to get past. I still think it works better smushing it all together. I think that no Tam Han Tom Hanks makes Meg Ryan look completely unhinged. And like, I see, I hear what you're saying. It could be like her ex-boyfriend from high school that she's found out is successful and whatever. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. could be hunting down someone from her past um, in order to get out of the engagement with Walter. And I think that the Tom, like the Tom Hanks Jonah story needs, needs Meg Ryan's lightness to get over the, it's pretty dark. Devastating first scene of the funeral of the mom. Yeah. Like, no. It's dark. And that he's like, there's the one scene where Tom Hanks actually sees his dead wife and says, like, oh, I miss you so much. It hurts. And that, and that she was, stares at him. And she stares at him. That's right. That was the only part that, that kind of made me like teary. I had three teary moments I know in the you movie. Did. Yeah. I didn't have hardly any. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, something's happening to me as I get older where I'm I'm becoming a big baby. But I would say, like, the <laughs> the the last positive is Meg Ryan's performance. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks is, is very good in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked him quite a bit, but I thought Meg Ryan uh, would work, would have worked had they experimented this way in the 1990s, late eighties and early nineties. She's got such an expressive face mm -hmm. and she is so physical in her performance. Um, Do you mean little, it would have worked? In little mannerisms. I think it would have worked as a silent, actually. I think she could have worked in the silent era uh -huh. as an actress who could have, purely with reactions to things yes. and big watery eyes. Like I think she could have, when she's driving at the beginning and listening to the story, mm -hmm. the way she's reacting to the radio, like she's, she's reacting. I don't know if she could even hear Tom Hanks's voice. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how they do that kind of thing. So is that actually being played live? Is he off, off camera reading the lines and she's reacting to them, but like her reactions are just, it's just her. She's not reacting with anything else mm -hmm. except her face. You can't even see her hands or anything like that. She's quite an actress. Do you want to go down like imagination lane for a second with the other casting what ifs for that role? Sure. Okay. So other cat, who else, who else do you think? Have you seen my phone? Do you no. want, okay. No. So there's one that's really obvious. Big at the same time. 80s act. Well, 90s actress. Rom 90s actress, rom-com. Julie Roberts. Yes. So oh, they, they she's too young though. They offered it. Meg Ryan wasn't a spring chicken. Not like she was 20. Not like she was like. That's what I'm saying. Meg Ryan's like. She looks 32 or whatever she's supposed mm -hmm. to be. Julie Roberts was like 24. I don't think so. I'll look up her age. I think there's a difference. In they the offered it to her regardless. So Julia Roberts, Kim Basinger. Too sexy. I agree. Too sultry. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Same problem. I think that could have worked. Mm, okay. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, better as like a psycho. Mm -hmm. She would have like, I think she would have played off the stalker stuff a little bit too heavily. And here's my favorite one. Jodie Foster. Too no, gay. <laughs> no, no. Right after uh, Sansa Lambs. Yeah. No, yeah. Clarice. That's so, not going to work. No, right? Yeah. yeah sorry. So, no, it's not. None of those. All right. I don't think. Jodie Foster ever do a romantic comedy? I hope not. I'm trying to think. Panic Room? That wasn't a romantic comedy. Okay. We're going to take a quick break Contact. after that. We're going to come back after that. We'll come back in a moment with uh, my, my some of my negative thoughts on this movie. Okay. 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 My negative thoughts about my like negative thoughts. Okay. Are, sure are you, you, you going to like pull back here? Are you going to restrain yourself or is this a, a why, double barrel shotgun? Why would I ever do that? I when, when in our relationship have I ever restrained myself? Like seriously. No. It's not, not, yeah, not, not, not something style, I'm good exactly. at. Okay. okay. So this movie was slow. Oh my God. It was slow. It was one hour and 45 minutes and it could have been a short ass movie. It could have been a, a, just a. And I'm, I was. Are you looking for like an hour 25? You're well, here's the thing. Really brisk? I thought to myself. This could have been a nice tight hour and a half. And then I thought, nope, there is definitely more than 15 minutes I would leave on the cutting room floor. Hmm. I'm thinking more like an hour, 15, one and a half hour Netflix special. 
would really work for this movie. Okay. There's so much, there's so much that's not necessary. So you, would you cut the Victoria or whatever her name is? No, the, the I think, girlfriend. No, I think that's important for Jonah to realize like, oh, they're not all going to work out. But it's just like, there was a lot of like the scenes of the terribly rendered, which I know it was 1993, uh, map of the United States, people flying back and forth. Like they just said they're going to New York. I don't need to see a seven second shot of boop, 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 boop. There's where the airplane goes. Also, all of the panning shots that took forever of skylines. Like, okay, they're in Chicago. You've established they're in Chicago. I don't need to see a skyline of Chicago to know where they are. You just mentioned it. So, yeah, I just thought that, like, a, like a solid 90-minute Netflix special with, like, uh, an hour 20, an hour 15, an hour 20 of footage would really work. Yeah, well, I think if you if you adopt my idea here of, of zeroing in on Meg Ryan mm-hmm. and I lessening the amount of Tom Hanks we see, maybe I... he's in the opening scene and then... And then the end. I reject that idea, but no, but that yeah. that might have been a way to do it too. Okay. Anyways, what else you got? Didn't love it. Um, yeah, super slow. Like I understand why the kids tapped out really slow. I actually don't have that much negative. The ending is annoying because the ending is like when by the time so you've gone through all of this garbage. Am I going to leave Walter? Am I not? Okay, she's finally done it. She's gone over there. The kid has flown across the country by himself. By the way, we have a twelve-year-old and eight-year-old. If either one of them flew across the country by themselves, I'd be calling the cops, not taking an airplane to follow them. Um. And like the elevator, I'm like, are you kidding? Like you've already put the audience through like four different missed connections with these two. And now they got in the wrong elevator. Like I, the ending was annoying. I was like, no, this is stupid. No, but that's just, I I, I have to disagree on that. Go ahead. Because that's the point mm-hmm. is that it made you feel anxious. No, it didn't make me feel anxious. Because I, A, I knew where it was headed. And B. You thought it was too obvious. No, I didn't think it was too obvious. I thought that you've you've already missed each other so many times you don't need to miss each other again and drag this out another 90 seconds it bothered me okay okay i thought it was unnecessary didn't cause me anxiety i thought it was unnecessary um yeah call the cops and that she's a stalker yeah like if you just had a checklist of stalker like behavior this is it and rosie o'donnell is only encouraging it so that was it okay yeah yeah, so the, I had some just some questions, and they're, they're nitpicky questions as well. I'm ready. Around, along the same lines. Can you imagine an eight-year-old traveling across the country and navigating their way to the Empire State Building from LaGuardia or JFK Airport? Elizabeth doesn't like to be left in the car <laughs> like herself. Saying, we, we know eight-year-olds. Yeah, real We're well. We're familiar with eight-year-olds. We think our eight-year-old is reasonably sharp. Yeah. And there's no way no. at all Mm-mm. in any multiversal realm Mm-mm. where she could... She could pull well, that off. And not just could, but would. Yeah. Like, there's no, like Elizabeth is just not. And I don't think I, I mean, I'm a teacher. I've known lots of eight-year-olds. I've never met one that would like. That precocious? That yeah, that yeah. capable? No. Maybe things were different. But I, like when I was eight. Even if, if even I if we no give chance. them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, back in 1983, eight-year-olds were more like 10 or 11-year-olds now. I don't think Charlie would do it. No. Like, no, this is just not, no, no. It's no. Ridiculous. And I think you could have, I think it was a mistake to say that Jonah was eight. Yeah. Right. Like it. Why was Jonah home alone with his, with his girlfriend? Yeah, his friend. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't make Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, who an adorable yeah. preteen Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, very cute. Yes, but anyway, no. Like, it's, it's it's just it's just a device to he, get is us. Is he actually ten? Is he eleven? Like how many? It's just a device to get us to New York City at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like he's just so little. Like Adult. nobody nobody says anything. People are walking like the. People... I'm telling, it's it's a fairy tale. Suspend disbelief. Yeah. 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 So that was I just thought that was that was almost a bridge too far because mm. it's like oh there's no chance. Um, the idea that Meg Ryan has fallen for him solely based on his voice. 
Well, let's be clear. She's interested based on his voice. She does mail away through the newspaper, misusing her power as a reporter to get a photo. Right? So I don't know that she, she, can you have feelings for someone based on your voice, their voice? Yes. Interesting. Absolutely. Huh. So like. John Tesh has a career for a reason, Matt. (laughs) It's Uh, not due to his good looks. It's his voice? It's his voice, sure. Okay. I was thinking more like Kit from Knight Rider. Like, was that. Is that the kind of voice that you don't no. know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. That's the name of the car. Okay. I grew up watching Night Rider. Have you met my mother? Uh, no, that's it's not. That's not a great voice. No, like a great. John Tash has a great voice. Yeah. yeah. It explains some of my um, erotic dreams about Major Barrett oh, and the geez. voice of the Star-, okay. Star Trek Enterprise computer. We're moving on. <laughs> um, okay. Other questions. Uh, the idea of uh, dating post widowhood we've always both sort of staunchly said mm-hmm. no chance no chance i'm not interested no um and he isn't either until his stupid kid gets involved right so i guess if you're i, I can see that happening I, can, I thought of this while we were watching it i can see your kid getting involved and going like okay they want me to i've been staying single for them so if they want me to then i guess i'll put myself back out there here's my issue with that they're still a kid who knows nothing so no, like he clearly needed therapy, not he, a the, girlfriend. The kid when the kid wants a new mom. Yeah. Like that's not how it works. He didn't really want his dad to date Mm-mm. because his dad's dating a perfectly fine woman. She laughs a little mm-hmm. aggressively, mm-hmm. but she didn't seem like a an, She wasn't going to be a, a She was a she was an interior decorator. Yeah. He's an he's a uh, architect. architect that mm-hmm. could have made millions together in yep. Seattle. Yeah. And uh that would have been a perfectly fine relationship yep. and and they could have been happy together. This is another one you need to file under just suspend disbelief because this is a dumb device. But like, is it is it the, to like, propel the plot? She like Meg Ryan's in love with Tom Hanks, but is is Jonah in love with Meg Ryan? Yes. Is that like he's in love with the notion of like yeah this yeah yeah the angelic woman the, yeah angelic woman and also this the and she eight- he, and he likes her only because she's a fan of Brooks Robinson because she lives well, in Baltimore and that she wrote a lovely letter and he yeah. felt like it was different and the, the letter was addressed to him as well nobody yeah. else had done that. So, but what he clearly is totally infatuated with the idea of Meg Ryan when he is in the cab and he goes, I'm going to meet my new mother. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, not great. What not do you think great. the odds are that a New York City cabbie in 1993 would have been like, sure, kid, hop in as long as you're paying cash. I don't care where we're going. I think we need to believe pretty high, <laughs> <laughs> pretty high. Uh, what else have I got? Um, does this movie really work as a comedy? There were funny moments, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. I'd call it a romance movie. Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, I guess technically it's a rom-com because there is some elements of comedy and it is mostly about romance, but. Okay. So what did you find funny? Um, May Ryan's stuff. Well, I mean, Rosie O'Donnell has her moments. Right? The, the whole mysterious when, Rick, all those yes, comments about. Yes, oh. but also when she's writing the letter and she's coming up with ideas for her and okay. then she crinkles, crinkles it up and throws it at her. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is pretty funny. Um, and the Rita Wilson scene is hilarious, yeah. but like, it's very limited, yeah. really. It's more about romance. I thought like Riley funny was the babysitter. Yes. Her like, she's clearly part of like the drug scene yeah. or something. <laughs> well, it's just super early emo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Very right dark. on the cutting edge of yeah, grunge. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Can you imagine Seattle in 1993? Of oh, course she was into grunge. Pop- popping off. Yeah. She was, she was going to see Nirvana at some underground and club. Pearl Jam and oh, Soundgarden. I'm suddenly uh, jealous of the babysitter. Yeah, and I also thought the Rob Reiner, not the cute butt thing, I didn't find that funny, yeah. but I found the tiramisu 
yes. line really funny because yeah. Tom Hanks has no idea yeah. what it is. And yeah. he's like, some woman's going to want me to do that to her. And I don't know what it is. And he just says, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I think the butt thing played funnier in 1993 because it's like just like 10% homophobic, right? It would be like, oh, yes. oh, they're funny. They're gay. Like, it's a little bit gay. Like, it just would have been funnier then than now. Yeah. Now we're like, that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm constantly asked, answering that question for my male friends right? now. Yeah. Yes. We're all obsessed. Okay. Um, okay. I got a couple other things. We are close on the end of time. So maybe we'll come back to a quick break and we'll, I'll ask you these last couple of questions. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, honey, last thoughts on sleepless in Seattle. Last thoughts. So I just had a couple of other questions. First of all, why do, why do you think our kids didn't finish it? Cause it's boring. It's so slow. But you, but you liked it. Like just go I back, circle like back it. around to the beginning. Just because it's like, slow. Like didn't love. Yeah, like didn't understand love. that it's too slow. Charlie just rejected it on like the this is a love yeah. movie and I don't want to watch. This is mushy. Yeah. End was, up smooching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And Elizabeth tried just, to stick with it. Yeah. But then ultimately got kind of tired. She's been sick. I think give give Elizabeth this movie on a different day and suckle her up with mummy. I think that she's she makes it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, I had a question here about like whether or not you believe in the notion of fate or predestination. You know that I do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's that's the only way I can like mentally get through this movie is that that's what Meg Ryan was feeling. Annie was feeling like this is Kismet. This is Kismet. I I need to do this. Jonah's feeling it too. And Tom Hanks still suffering from the loss of his wife only 18 months prior, 19 months by the end of the movie is too blocked to feel it or maybe just doesn't believe in that and so therefore is too blocked to feel it right. but yeah no i i think that i don't go so far as like we were together in a previous life as other people in my life mm -hmm. believe but i do think that like there's just too much in your life and my life that led us to the same moment and you and i connected right before our paths were very set to diverge that yeah i i i believe i don't believe in like one soulmate I think there's lots of people you could be happy with. I think there are very few people you could be happiest with. And I think you are one of my people. That's cute. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. I agree. I feel the same way. Do you believe in fate? Only in so far as how you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, you know, things working out well. or But I think it's sometimes it's just about making the best of the opportunities that are in front of you. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's sort of having an optimistic disposition about life in general. Mm -hmm. And then you can see things as like, oh, I'm glad that that somebody arranged that or whatever yeah and knowing what your values are too right like if my 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 want to travel and teach had outweighed my life like sort of like my immediate goal after teachers college was to go abroad and teach right but like beyond that you have to be able mm. to be mature enough to look at the big picture and go okay that's something i can do theoretically at any point in my career or after Whereas getting married and having children and doing that part of life with this individual that I've met is something that is probably the only opportunity that's going to present itself right now. Yeah. Right. So that's, those are the decisions you have to make, right. Mm -hmm. Is be able to see the big picture. And if you're mature enough at that point to see the big picture, then great. And if you're not, then that maybe that just means you're going on a different path. You're going to go do the, the travel thing or the big career thing or whatever. Um, and, and meet your person somewhere else along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, whether, I don't know if you knew this or not, this was the second time that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have been in a movie together. Okay, so I feel like I knew that, but is the but the first one isn't You've Got Mail. No, You've Got Mail came five years later, okay. 1998. When email was a thing. 
Yeah. Email's not really a thing here. I mean, I've had an email address since 1992, but that's only because my dad was into tech and knew that I needed one mm -hmm. and thought that K underscore unicorn at hotmail.com was the one that I should sign up for. Um, no longer my email. So trolls, just stay away from that one. I don't know who has that trolls. email now. Yeah, well, there's obviously people listening to this that just want to, you know, send us bad email. But no, so what was the first one? I don't know. Joe versus the volcano, <gasps> which came out in 1990, three years before this. And I think it didn't do that well. I've seen it. Yeah, I have seen that movie, and I forgot Meg Ryan was in it. Yeah, and the reason I saw it is because after Forrest Gump, I went on like a, I'm going to be a Tom Hanks completist. Somehow didn't see this one, but uh, I saw Joe versus the volcano because I believe that was his first starring role. No. It no? wasn't his first starring role. What was his first starring role? Uh, before that, he was in Turner and Hooch, and he was in uh, Big, and he was in um, Dragnet. Did you look up what date Joe versus Volcano is? It's 1990. Okay. And are you sure those movies predated The Burbs? I think came out before 1990 as well. Okay. Um, I don't have his whole filmography. Well, I was wondering if you looked it up earlier, and so you're speaking speaking from fact or speaking from memory. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to ask, can you think of any other uh, romantic pairings um, that you like wanted to see reunited in a different movie? Yeah. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. And then they reunited in that terrible, depressing movie. Reservation Road. Which I read the book of yeah. and really liked and as i'm reading i'm going oh god this is because the movie was out when we got the book so i yeah. read the book in order to watch the movie and then thought this is going to be terrible and yeah. it was um so but i wanted to see them back in a romantic movie not Something uplifting yeah not not, not not something where they were screaming at each other yeah and, yeah and so leo and kate um that's one that pops to my mind i can't i can't think of any other off the top of my head yeah i i can't think of any others either i would i would have liked I think they had great chemistry with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez and Out of Sight. I would have loved to have seen something of that. Why did I think that Joe versus the Volcano was his first movie? I couldn't tell you. Ugh, that's so annoying. It's not. It's like. I feel like that's like a pre-IMDb. Splash. He did Splash in like 1984. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, I did want to watch all of his stuff at one point, And I did watch Joe versus the Volcano as part of that very short-lived project. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for you. I'm glad we're, we're so far so good mm -hmm. on this. And, yeah. and, and, uh, honestly, you know, I, we're three in to a list of, I think 12 or 13 that we initially made mm -hmm. sequels included. Mm -hmm. We decided not to go lethal weapon two mm -hmm. on this one, just because I actually was concerned that we wouldn't have anything new to say, mm. given that lethal weapon two is not dissimilar to lethal weapon one. It's probably mm. more exciting. Um, maybe we should do a sequels one where we talk about lethal weapon two and terminator two. Yeah, we we may do that. Yeah, or we might just tackle the the both Terminators together. Mm -hmm. We might leave Lethal Weapon two for for a little while mm -hmm. so that there's some some water under the proverbial bridge. Mm. Um, but I think actually Terminator two might you might benefit from having seen Terminator and then T two right immediately after mm -hmm. because it's a it's a real direct continuation of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, three for three, and I'm now I'm optimistic that maybe I'll get them all right. Mm -hmm. I, I, straight A's on this report Matt, card. So, so confessions time. Matt thought that may make for a poor podcast uh, season, but I don't think so. I don't think there's anything wrong with liking everything that Matt's that Matt has suggested, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest. Yeah. So I feel like Chris Ryan today. Name drop. One another one of my favorite podcasters because mm -hmm. this is my second podcast of the day. 
So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. What a great Saturday you've had. Yeah. Oh, Friday, whatever day it is. What a great holiday Friday. It's a good had. Friday at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So next up, what? Uh, to be determined. I was okay. thinking maybe Jerry Maguire, hmm. which you have not seen. Show me the money. Okay. You know that, but you don't know what the movie's about. That is correct. Something okay. about sport. Sportball. Mm-hmm. Sportball. Coming up next week. So the connection there being Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., and you all have cute butts. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.